1: Welcome back to the Woman Warriors podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, where my guest is Rachel Altvader. She is a licensed psychologist in Maryland, Washington, D.C., and Virginia. She is a registered play therapist supervisor and a certified clinical trauma professional. She is the owner of Creative Psychological Health Services a psychologist at Gill Institute for Trauma Recovery and Education, an affiliate faculty member at Loyola University in Maryland, the president-elect of the Maryland DC Association for Play Therapy, and the continuing education director of Starbright Training Institute. Dr. Altvader published two articles in the International Journal of Play Therapy on her research of technology use in play therapy and is a contributing author in Integrating Expressive Arts into Counseling Practice, Theory-Based Interventions, and Integrating Technology in Modern Therapies, A Clinician's Guide to Developments and Interventions. She is the recipient of the 2019 Emerging Leader Service Award from the Association for Play Therapy, the 2018 Outstanding Play Therapy Research Award from the Maryland, D.C. Association for Play Therapy, and the 2018 Distinguished Alumna of the Year from the Chicago School of Professional Psychology, Washington, D.C. campus. Today, Rachel and I are going to be exploring kids and video gaming. I've had some requests from parents who I see, but also um, from parents online asking to have a conversation about this. How much is too much? Are video games okay for kids? Is it causing more additional stress or disruption in their communication and socialization skills? So we're going to explore that topic with Rachel today. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for joining us again on the Woman Warriors podcast.
0: Thanks for having me again. This is exciting. I'm I'm glad to be back.
1: Yeah, me too. I'm so excited. So Rachel uh, was with us a few weeks ago talking about stress and kids and adolescents and families and today we're going to be also talking about kids but a different dynamic and that's video gaming. And so first share with us a little bit about you if people didn't listen to the other episode. Tell us about you and why you do the work you do.
0: So I'm a licensed psychologist in Maryland DC and Virginia and I provide therapy services in Fairfax, Virginia, a trauma-informed uh, and expressive therapy services. And I just opened my own practice earlier this year called creative psychological health services. And that's located in Catonsville, Maryland. And um, I also present and teach and um, volunteer um, about a variety of topics, but primarily work with child and adolescents and the expressive therapies. Um, I also present a lot on the incorporation of technology into therapy with children and adolescents so i've mm. done a great deal of research on this topic and i'm, I'm excited to talk about it yeah um, i'm also the the president-elect of the maryland dc association for play therapy board cool so you are all play therapy
1: all the time yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it it is just so amazing yes and I get so, to play for a living. How great is that?
1: That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. And so, do you see video games having a place in play
0: therapy? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Tell us about Absolutely. that. So, for starters, children and adolescents come in and talk about technology all the time. They either talk about social media, they talk about video games, and usually it'll kind of spring up whatever the popular video game is at that time. So, several years ago, um, it was this fear based video game called Five Nights at Freddy's, hmm. which was uh, a very scary video game. App. Yeah. And then there is um, like now is Fortnite. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. i of- <laughs> Minecraft was one. So they, it comes up all the time in discussion. Um, I actually am very intrigued as to what draws children and adolescents to these particular games. Mm. So a lot of times as adults, when we're unfamiliar with a video game, we look at it and say, you know, Five Nights at Freddy's, for example, just very briefly for those of you who are curious, it's a video game where you take the role of the, the security guard at nighttime. Hmm. And the setting is this very, very creepy looking Chuck E. Cheese place. Ooh. So those chuck-e-cheese things in the video game they're called animatronics so these animatronics come alive at nighttime, and they are trying to run into where you are in your safe little place checking all the cameras to jump scare you and if they jump scare you then you lose the game so you have to survive for five nights and each night it gets progressively scarier and progressively more challenging huh so looking at that right you would think why are you playing this game this is awful you know (laughs) As Sounds
1: adult, right? terrible to me. <laughs> right,
0: right. What is drawing kids to this, right? So that's where I come in. What is drawing kids to this? How come they like this game so much? Is it simply because it's the popular game of the time? Is it bringing up something for them? How are they connecting to it? That's where I think is the best place to start in therapy, but also at home, hmm. asking questions. What is going on here? Because every single thing that we do as human beings from infancy all the way through elderly adult age Serves a purpose. We do things we do for a reason. We just may not know what that reason is. Yeah. So finding out what that reason is is super helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how I use it in therapy, at least for starters, is just trying to delve into their world and see what is it that's drawing you to this. Fortnite right now is a very popular game for those of you. I'm sure many of you listening might be more familiar with that if you have younger kids. Uh, but for those of you who aren't familiar, Fortnite is a game. Um, where everyone drops into this, uh, I might not even be explaining it properly, but they, everyone kind of drops into this uh, world, and then everyone basically kills each other, and then the last person standing is the winner. Wow. So, right, and you, you view that and, and say, why, why would you play this video game where you're killing everyone? And that brings about a whole slew of, ish- of concerns and issues uh, for parents.
1: Of course.
0: But the interesting thing, though, is when I ask kids what they're drawn to, they love the dancing Hmm. And I was like, I didn't even realize that there was dancing in this. <laughs> right. I had we, no idea. Right. Right. Cause because I under, I've i never played. I just understand it from what I've the bit that has been explained to me and the bit of research that I've done. Um, but so many kids love the dancing. So there are apparently these great dance moves. That's and so that's what they love. And a lot of kids love it's a live game. So there's a bunch of different people playing at the same time. Yeah. Um, you can play with your friends. That's a huge thing. in a lot of video games that I see a lot of these live live video games, people love to play with their friends.
1: Yeah, it becomes sort of a social hangout that, yeah, you know, these days when we're, I feel like there's so little that's done in a neighborhood like that, you know, that yeah. we've got all these organized activities for kids, you're going to go to this baseball game over here and this whatever after school activity over here. And yet, there isn't just this sort of hanging out after school in your house. And right. video gaming does that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Never once has a kid told me, I really love to kill everyone.
1: <laughs> uh, isn't that right? interesting? Yeah. Yeah. And which is the parents fears, right?
0: <laughs> exactly. That's why it's so good to ask, because our fears, our anxieties about something, that's our stuff. Mm. Yeah. It's not necessarily their stuff. And sometimes it's hard for us to recognize that there actually is a separation, that they are being drawn to something else. We may think... Oh, my gosh! Our children are gonna be talking to predators. they're gonna be you know mass murderers yeah that's a, like i it's really a fear of very many people mm-hmm. and and it's it's really not like that um it's it's really yeah much more than that, yeah. in a good way <laughs> right right, right,
1: and <laughs> and so. I have had clients ask about like usage for kids and video gaming and like, how much is too much? Is my child addicted? Like, I don't know how to you know, either monitor or create boundaries around this. Do you have thoughts or suggestions about that?
0: I have all the thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) I have so many, (laughs) Um, you know, there's, for, for starters there is um talk that gaming addiction is going to be included in um mm, the, the dsm has been already or there's it's working towards potentially being yeah added to the, the dsm or um icd-10 mm-hmm. um and what that is just for those of you who are unfamiliar it's it's a, a bible <laughs> it's a book yeah but, um i call it always call it the, the, the psychology bible but it, it just has um all of the various mental health disorders and criteria that is needed to meet those uh particular diagnoses and disorders yeah and so gaming addiction is is something um that i have seen pop up a lot that people um are worried that kids are addicted yeah. Um you know I think it what it, what what it boils down to is needing to set healthy boundaries and limits. Mm. I think if kids don't have those boundaries and limits then they're going to go off and do what they want
1: with and anything. It doesn't have to be anything. just right. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um you know and and something too that I always like to to add in when I'm talking about technology with anyone is be good consumers of the research. There are so many articles out there that says technology is the worst.
2: Mm. It's
0: ruining your child's brain. And then there's other articles that technology is amazing. And it is (laughs) the best thing that ever happened to mankind. I mean, I'm being a little exaggerative, but that's really how these headlines read. Yes. And so I'm sure a lot of people have seen, a lot of you who are listening, have probably seen these articles that are on one side of the spectrum or the other. And A lot of times we gravitate towards what our thoughts are. So if we think technology is great, we'll gravitate towards those articles. If we think technology is awful, we will gravitate towards those articles.
1: And now that we know more about Facebook, we know that they will feed us the articles that we gravitate towards.
0: (laughs) And then say, see, it's popping up on its own. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So I think if you are worried about your child being addicted to technology, do some research, But be a good consumer. Mm. You know, some of these articles that are put out, the layperson doesn't realize it's an opinion article. Right, and it is some Joe Schmo typing at their computer talking about stuff that doom and gloom. Yes, and then we read and we panic. (sighs) So with the um, with the particular, you know, gaming being a disorder, I mean, I've seen, I've watched a various um like videos where there's something called like the 30-day blackout where um you're able to or you technology is removed from the home or from that person i think it's usually from the home mm-hmm. um for 30 days you know and and it's kind of like a, a, a detox, detox right mm-hmm. which i think can be wonderful if if it is to the point where it is a problem and it feels like a problem it's creating issues at home the child isn't sleeping. It's it's becoming more where it seems like it can be more addictive. Mm-hmm. Then I think an intervention like that could be beneficial. But I think sometimes too that people get so anxious about the possibility that oh gosh my child is playing video games. They do it all the time. They're addicted without really understanding why they're playing, and then automatically want to detox or mm-hmm. you know take these more um, serious measures. When really, we miss the whole point that the child is just trying to connect with their friends yeah. or they feel so you know, burnt out from, from school. We were just talking a couple weeks ago on, on the stress at school and how you know that's a lot for adolescents to handle. I mean, they may come home and want to decompress yeah. and play video games with their friends. Right. And it doesn't mean they have a problem. It doesn't mean they're addicted. It just means they, that's their, their yeah. escape.
1: Yeah, this is their way to sort of de-stress and come down from that, that highly competitive or whatever,
0: whatever's going on. Yeah. yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And I know just from talking to parents that the video game, you know, sometimes creating the boundaries can create conflict in the family because the mm-hmm. kid wants to play X amount of hours and the parents are saying, no, no, no. Um Do you find that in your practice with the kids where the kids are going, Oh, my gosh, my parents are so terrible, because they're making me not, you know, not allowing me to play when I want?
0: Yeah, I mean, it it does come up. And I think that, um, you know, that's where it's helpful to provide additional guidance to families on how to set limits, Mm -hmm. um, which I'll talk about in just a minute. But yeah, yeah. You know, I think that again, especially adolescents, they are entering the stage of independence, autonomy. I mean, I guess that really starts as you're younger, but yeah. But as you're entering into young adulthood and trying to make your own decisions, adolescents do not want mom and dad to tell them what to do. And if they say, Do not push the red button, what is the adolescent gonna do? <laughs> They're gonna push the red button. <laughs> they're going to complain no matter what because oh that, they want to be able to do what they want to do. And that's just so developmentally appropriate. And I know it's a headache and it's frustrating and it's hard to deal with. It's just developmentally where they are.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. So they're going to throw tantrums in their own adolescent way. They're going to say you're the meanest and the worst. And as parents, it's your job to set those limits and set those boundaries. And And I feel like if you're able to, speak with them about what they're drawn to and you're able to understand and enter their world a bit that they probably would be more understanding Mm. because if you're trying to meet them where they are then it is more likely that they'll try to meet you where you are Mm. and not even maybe sitting down and watching them play video games if you're okay if i mean if that's okay with them because that might be their space like oh you're cramping my style mom and dad like get out
2: (laughs) right um right
0: but just being able to understand where they are and that might help. And, and something else, too, which I think a lot of parents don't know, and this frustrates adolescents and children to no end, hmm. is when they say, OK, time's up. you got to get off. If they're in the middle of a live game, yeah. they don't want to stop. Some games that they play, they can stop where they are, and pick right back up. But they cannot stop if they're in the middle of a game. So I always like to let parents know, either have the adolescents set a reminder that they, or they need to be well aware of, of the time, which it's hard because when you're sucked into a video game world, time flies and you don't realize that so much time has gone back by. Mm. That's another thing. It's not that there's that. I mean, again, some kids maybe it's past the point of, of appropriate use. But for those who are using it appropriately, they may be on for a while because they just lose track of time. Right. Um, but, uh, but maybe setting some reminders mm. uh, either on their phone. So you say, okay, you have 10 more minutes to go. Um, so if you're in the middle of a game, this is the last game to play. Um, or if a parent is going to warn them, Hey, dinner's going to be done in 15 minutes, you know, and then dinner's gonna be done in five minutes. Just be gentle with the reminders Mm -hmm. and that the, ending of the video game will be a lot calmer than if you just abruptly say you need to stop right now and then it becomes this power struggle and then parents get mad and it just becomes this whole mess when it doesn't really need to be just setting some reminders and the that way the child or adolescent can finish where they are
2: yeah getting um, and
0: prepared then, mm-hmm. yeah yeah and another recommendation so the american academy of pediatrics has put out some great tips and um suggestions they have a family media use plan. And so that is where you can sit down with uh, your family and talk about you know, what your values are and, and where screens can be allowed and where it's not allowed. And so you can sit down and make this plan together. Mm. There's also um, like a screen time calculator on their website. Hmm. And um, you put in the amount of time that your child or adolescent spends at school and extracurriculars at job, if that is, is something that they do, um, their homework dinner, you add all the time in and then it'll estimate how much time to allow them to use screens based on
1: the
0: balance of everything else. Hmm. So that could be a good place to start. Yeah. Um,
1: Especially if a parent isn't sure how much is too much. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, I always want to recommend, too, you don't have to be rigid with it. You know, use it as a guide and f- see what works for your family. There might be some days where it's just not possible to have that much time and other days that it's fine. Weekends are different. Right. It just depends. So, yeah. um, you know, just kind of be more flexible. Maybe if if you're OK with it, have a conversation with your adolescent and see what they you know, what they think. And that way, they at least feel like they have a say in it as well, even though the ultimate decision is the parents.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think, I think sometimes what can happen in families is, you know, either one parent or both, like the, the intention is good that they want to set limits that they want to be on top of this and be consistent. And yet Mm -hmm. from day to day, maybe either depending on which parent it is or what the mood of the parent is, like the, the expectations might shift where yesterday you said it was okay and you let mm-hmm. me be on it for three hours. And now today <laughs> you're telling me I, I don't even have an hour. So mm-hmm. talk to us about consistency in terms of, of setting limits and things like that.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up, because this goes hand in hand with that rigidity piece, right? Mm -hmm. It's so good to not be rigid. Yeah. Um, You know, and and I think setting that expectation with your teenager to say there are going to be some days where you'll have more time and some days where you have less time. It just depends on the day. You know, Mondays, you have this, this and this, and you're only going to have a half an hour to be able to play with your friends. Whereas Tuesdays, you have this and this and you have more flexibility. So just being open and saying, you know, we just have to see where it's going to fit and how it's going to fit and what's going to work best for you and your schedule. Yeah. Um, versus saying like you
1: have two hours every day and that's all you mm-hmm, get or one mm-hmm. hour or whatever it is.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Because mm. especially when it comes to this, the screen time suggestion, you know, then I could see you say, okay, it says two hours right here. It says an hour 30 minutes or whatever it is okay this is what it's going to be every day and it's just that's just not feasible every yeah. day is different yeah um, and you know and something else that you can do too is if you notice that your your teenager is doing a great job with school and you know they're on top of their their grades and their their requirements and whatever it is that they're working on then you can say to them you know i've, I've noticed that you've been working really hard i want to give you a little extra screen time tonight or this weekend or whatever it might be so you can see you know the or they see, oh, I do what I'm supposed to do. I get rewarded with additional time. It's a nice built-in sporadic reward if you want to implement that at home. That's totally up to you. Yeah, and what about
1: using it as punishment? Like I'm gonna, you know, you're supposed to, you know, the, the family guidelines are we're gonna have one hour a day and suddenly things aren't going so well, the child has misbehaved, or I don't know what got a bad grade or something. And Mm -hmm. then you're like, nope, sorry, no screen time for you.
0: Yeah, so again, setting the expectations up front. So when you sit down with your child and say, Okay, this is what you know, we're going to start to implement, it's going to vary day by day, if you don't do what you're supposed to do at school at home, wherever, then it is possibility that it will be taken away. Yeah, anytime you take anything away from a child, they need to know, how long it's going to be taken away. There have been times where I've worked with kids and their computer has been taken away indefinitely.
2: Mm. They're
0: not going to try to, this child in particular was not trying to work towards getting it back. Why am I going to listen? Why am I going to follow rules if I don't, if I'm not going to even be earning anything back? So anytime you take anything away, even if you need to talk it over with your partner or to think about it, that's fine, but come back, you know, relatively quickly after you set whatever limit and give an ex- expect a time you will be able to get this back as long as you do X, Y, and Z, or you will be able to get this back. You know, your punishment is that this is taken away for two days, a week, a day, whatever it might be. Yeah. So just set the expectation very clearly and then follow through that way. Yeah. Kids and teens are super perceptive and they know how to sometimes manipulate things.
2: Mm -hmm. And
0: um, if they know that there is an in where they can try to say, but, but if I do this real quick tonight, well then can I get it back? If you've already set the limit, you need to stick with the limit and um and so it's better and to maybe set through. yep and follow through. So instead of saying you're going to get this taken away for a month, like that is really
1: it's so unrealistic <laughs> and it's a lot and yeah.
0: So you could say this is taken away from t- for tonight you have to do your homework. If as long as you get your homework done tonight, then you will be able to you know, receive your privileges back tomorrow. If you don't finish it by tonight and you still aren't getting your work done, then it will be taken away tomorrow as well. And then when tomorrow comes, set the expectation for that day and or the next day. Yeah. But I mean, and if you, if it is something where you want to punish for a week, then that's, that's your choice. Absolutely. I I do not step on parents' toes. Every, every family operates differently. And I respect that. It's just, if you give this very long time, Mm -hmm. um, then It's not going to necessarily help the child reinforce um, or cease any behavior that you don't want.
1: Yeah, they don't see an end in sight. So why try to behave or listen Mm -hmm. or do what they're supposed to do? But also really, I, as you know, having been a parent of teenagers, hard to implement long standing sort of. Punishment because it's on us to do it to make sure we're following through. And yeah. do you really want to have to think about it for a month? I don't know, or hear about it for a month. <laughs>
0: well, and then you forget, right? right. And
1: the <laughs> or, or
0: and you know, kids, uh, they they find a way. They find mm. a way around it too. So, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, something
0: may be taken away, but they may be trying to find other ways to still get that particular need met, and thus the. Yeah the consequence isn't really reinforced, because they're finding a different way to go about things.
1: Yeah, right. Go to a friend's house or do it when the parents aren't home or whatever. Yeah. 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 Wow. So
0: any uh,
1: tips or resources that might help parents, you suggested the American Academy of Pediatrics. So I'll include (laughs) that in the show notes. But what else?
0: That there's also, um, a, a lovely website called net smarts. I think it's S M A R T Z. Let me double check. Um, yep. Net smarts with a Z at mm-hmm. the end. Um, but it is all about internet safety. So this is a little, um, just a slightly away from video games, but I think it all goes hand in hand because it's all internet. It's all, you know,
1: online stuff yep exactly
0: exactly but it's online safety for educators parents and uh children oh nice so there's different teaching resources training resources videos um it's it's just really it's great and i don't recall if they talk about various apps they might there's uh, stuff about online privacy uh what do your children do online Mm. there's a a, gaming there's some information there about gaming social media um so th- it's just a great website to, to click through. Cool. So that's another one. Awesome. All right. Well, how do
1: people find you, Rachel?
0: Um, so I'm in the process of getting a couple websites up and running. So right now, the most consistent, speaking of consistency, <laughs> <laughs> the most consistent place um, that I'll, I'm posting uh, is uh, on Facebook. I have a, a professional page. It's facebook.com slash dr. Dr. Uh, period. And my full name, Rachel Altbader. Nice. And, um, and I post every day during the week um, at a consistent time. I have uh, either an article or an inspirational quote or something um, that you can keep up with nice. at this time.
1: Cool. Cool. I will include that in the show notes as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a guest today and talking to us about video games and kids and families. I really appreciate your insight.
0: Thank you so much for having me back. This has been so wonderful. And I hope you all have a great day. Thanks.
1: Thanks again for tuning in to the Woman Warriors podcast this week with Rachel. I really enjoyed her insight about video gaming. I came into this conversation, assuming she was going to tell us how terrible they were, and that parents need to get kids off video games and being more, you know, get them into more face-to-face activities. And that was not the conversation at all. What she really highlighted for me was that there can be some positives, that this does provide some socialization and fun for kids. And this is the technology that's out there that they're using. And so to get a better understanding of why the kids like the games that they do, but also Communicating the healthy boundaries around how much is okay in your family, I thought that was really important too. I hope you found it helpful. If there are topics you would like covered on the podcast, please reach out, womanwarriors.com. Click on the contact me button and shoot me an email about what you would like me to talk about. I hope you all have a wonderful week. Ciao for now from this woman warrior. Thanks for listening and subscribing to the Woman Warriors podcast. Music was written and performed by Andy Cush. If you'd like more information on this episode, you can find the show notes, the resources shared today, and links to the guests' profiles at womanwarriors.com.